This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to the book of uh, Isaiah, book of Isaiah, chapter number five. I am going to preach a maybe a little unorthodox message here today. Um, so I want you to just receive this and help by the help of the Lord. Isaiah chapter number five. Um, and then we'll just um, verse number eight. Let's start start there. Isaiah chapter number 5, verse number 8. Everybody say amen. Words are, hopefully will be on the screen here momentarily. Uh, Isaiah chapter number 5, verse number 8. Woe unto them. Somebody say woe. Look to your neighbor and say woe. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. And mine ears saith the Lord of hosts, of a truth many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without, without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and, and the seed of an omer shall yield an ephah. Woe, everybody say woe. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink that continue until night, till wine inflame them, and the harp and the vial and the tambour and the pipe and the wine are in their feasts. But they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Verse number 18 Somebody say, whoa, woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope that say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Verse number 20. Somebody say, whoa. You guys are getting good. It's really heavy on this side. Y'all need to help me out. This needs to be in stereo. So let's get their left and right going. Everybody say, whoa. whoa. They just outdid you again. Maybe it's this middle section that we're missing right here. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Verse number 21, two more verses. Okay, maybe three. Everybody say, whoa. whoa. You guys are on fire now. Verse 21, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. Wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sights. Verse number 22, here we go. Woe 
You guys are on fire. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward. It just got real. Which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. I don't have a title for this message. You can title whatever you like at the end. We just may call it, whoa. Hold up. I don't know. We'll come up with a title and we'll send it out to everybody. Woe unto them. It's a Bible. Put your Bibles down. We're going to pray. And ask the Lord to help us in this place right now. Because I have a, a message of woe here today that is hopefully will end with a question that is greater than the woe. <laughs> All right, let's pray right now. Jesus, we love you. Lord, I love your precious name. I love you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given your people. I thank you, Lord, for your power. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for every person that is here today. I'd like to thank you, God, for they would hopefully open up their hearts that they may hear but not only hear, but to understand. And not only understand, but to respond to your word. And not just respond, but respond with everything that's in their hearts. So they can walk out of here as a victor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. 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 Turn and somebody, shake somebody's hand. And then, and only then, you can be seated. Tell them, whoa. I'm going to ask you a series of questions here today. Does sin still carry shame? Does sin still carry shame? Does Jesus still live? And theory says, amen. Has the day of agonizing over sin stopped? Does sin still carry a weight in this hour that we live? Does sin, sin still carry the same shame that it had done years prior? Has the message of the cross started to fall on deaf ears? Many will say that it's the same old, same old message for 2,000 years. I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times, and therefore we have become immune to the moving or even the explanation or the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does it take in this day and hour to cause humanity to blush under sin? Many, and I have seen in this world that many do not really understand Romans chapter number 6, verse number 23, when it says, for the wages of sin is death. I'm just, can I just preach it here today? Will you be with me here today? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, we still preach in this house Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
Why do we preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified? It's because it's the only saving name. I said it's the only saving name in this world. Savior, your Savior cannot come from the government. The Savior cannot be from a political figure. Savior, Savior cannot be from your job or from a, 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 an intoxicating event in this world. Those things, uh, they may look and it, it cause an explosion of emotion and excitement. But let me tell you today, the only thing that will save you from the wages of sin is Jesus Christ. Here's the agonizing thing when I'm standing here pastoring is that sin has become so rampant that people no longer blush when they commit sin. People never, now they don't feel bad about sinning. They just think that it's the cool thing to go about and do things in this world. They think it's okay. There is no agonizing over sin anymore. There's no agonizing because of the weight of what it brings because their eyes do not see Jesus for who he is. Where is the trepidation or the fear of sin in today's time? Many f do not fear God. They don't even fear sin. I think there is something that has caused in me a great anguish, if you will, or if a, a great disturbance in my spirit is that this phrase that goes around and I pray that it does not attach to the, to the young people is, the, is this phrase that says, you just be who you are. You be the best you you can be. And that will be the only thing that matters. I want to refute that statement right now because if all you do is to seek to, to fulfill your selfish desires, the wages of sin of selfishness is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I find it interesting when people say that on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all these things that grieves my heart because I would much rather see a young person or a person say, I want to be the best created being that God created me to be. Selfishness is rampant in this world. Selfishness has caused people to go down a road of depression because they feel as though they don't measure up to the other things in this world. I do not measure myself against the things of this world. I measure myself up against the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not matter what man says. It does not matter what Hollywood says. It does not matter what people say in this world or even my family. I want to know what the word of God says. And if the word of God says there is sin or there is death out of sin, then I want to say woe to sin and say yes to Jesus Christ. Bible teaches us the scriptures that I read in Isaiah 5. It says, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. I am not here to make po uh, uh, political statements here today or anything, but there are things that are rampant in our political system. People calling the things that are so evil, they're saying, they're advocating, saying they are good. 
This world will say it's okay to lie. This world will say it's okay to put on a facade. This world will say it's okay to abort a child. It's okay to do this. It's okay to live this way and that way. And there is no shame in sin anymore. I'm asking for the church to rise up and acknowledge there is still a king. And there still is a God. And there's still a rewarder for those that do right and pure in his sight. Woe to those that are selfish. Woe to those that call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Woe to those that have pride in our hearts. Woe to those, the things, the people that think they got it all worked out and they don't need any help. I'm here to tell you today, I'm a pastor and I love Jesus, but man, I need Jesus today more than I did the day before. I have fallen short more times than I can count. That's why I need Jesus. I heard one man tell me a while back ago, that the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. And I told him there's no better place for that hypocrite to be than in the house of God. No greater place he could be than to submitting himself that he knows where his help ultimately comes from. We are in a group of people here today that we ain't got it all figured out and we're not perfect. We're just a group of people that have sinned and fallen short. But God has made a way where there seemeth to be no way. When I was in darkness, now I see light. When I was confused, now I have peace. When I didn't have joy, God pours out onto me joy. Woe to those that continue in sin. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Scripture is not only just talking about drinking and getting to a place, but it says they come to a place where they justify the wicked and for a reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. I'm here to tell you today that you can go so far into sin that you'll begin to justify your actions. And what it does, it removes righteousness. I said it removes righteousness. And you begin to have things in your life that push righteousness aside. And you say, well, I am righteous because this is how I feel. But Isaiah says this six times in Isaiah 5. He says, woe to them. He says, watch out for this. Watch out for that. Be careful, he says uh, in the first uh, Isaiah 5, uh, in the first one, first woe, if I, if I can say it that way. He says, uh, 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 or maybe the third woe. Here we go. I'll find it here in just a second here. He says in verse number 8, Woe unto them that join house to house, that they lay field to field, till there be no place, that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. He says you can go out and you can claim land, you can claim all these wonderful things in this world, and you can expand your wealth and expand your territory, and you can have all these things. But the Bible says the same thing. If you all you do is try to establish houses and places and earth and your own kingdom, what's going to happen? That kingdom will not become fruitful. The Bible says, verse number 10, the 10 acres of vineyard shall read one bath. In other words, it's not going to reap what it should reap. And the seed of an omer shall read an ephah. In other words, that seed will not, be, will not uh, uh, become fruitful the way it should become 
fruitful. I don't have time to get into every single explanation of that scripture. But it goes on to say in 18, Woe to them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope that say let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Somebody say, Whoa. So I'm here to preach to you today for a few more moments. Woe to those in this room that have fallen into sin. Told you this is not a popular message on Easter Sunday, but follow with me to Ezra chapter number 9. Ezra chapter number 9, I encourage you to read this whole book. There's only 10 chapters. Understand what this Bible is teaching us, and I don't have the time to get into everything in Ezra. But I want to read Ezra chapter number 9, verse number 1 through 7. Now when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands. Now that may not make much sense to you. But they have fallen prey to the people that surrounded them. And they have fallen prey to the, to the abominations of the world, if, you, if I can say it that way. Doing according to their abominations, even the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Morbites and Egyptians and Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. In other words, we are a set apart group of people. And you got to be careful what you allow into your house. You got to be careful where you allow your seed to lay in this world. They mingled themselves with people of lands, yea, the hand of the princes and rulers have been chief in this trespass. In other words, even the leaders were doing things that were not correct in the kingdom. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garments and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and my beard and sat down astonished and then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away and I said astonished unto the evening sacrifice and at the evening sacrifice I rose up from my heaviness and having rent my garment and my mantle and I fell on my knees and I spread out my hands unto the Lord of my God and said oh my God I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee. My God, for our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespasses has grown up unto the heavens. Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day, and for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered unto into the hand of the kings of the lands, and to the sword, and to the captivity, and to a spoil, and to the confusion of face at as it is this day where are those that will get on your knees and raise your hands and say Lord this world doesn't seem to blush at the sight of sin but there's got to be a child of God that will plead the blood of Jesus Christ and say God forgive me of my trespasses forgive me God for not blushing forgive me God for allowing the world to infiltrate my spirit and infiltrate my family I wish I had a group of people that will agree with me right now and say I will call out uh, the things in prayer that used to separate me from the things of God and I want to give myself as a living sacrifice back unto the Lord I 
see it so many times. Even in some of the closest people in my life, the things that they used to blush over, that they no longer blush. Because the world has somehow caused us to think that it's acceptable to behave in certain ways. The one thing that I thank God for is a word that never changes. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This world will change day by day. You can get on the news. You can see social media and different things will change the complexion and begin to change our mind. But we have got to wash our mind with the Word of God so that we are not loosed to the abominations of this world. And God, let me let your spirit and let the sin of this world cause me to blush, cause me to know that you are still real and I need a Savior. Jeremiah chapter number 8, verse number 9, the wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord and what wisdom is in them. There are a lot of people that will call themselves wise, but if they reject the word of God, they are not wise at all. Therefore will I give their wives unto others, and their fields to them that shall inherit them. For everyone from the least even unto the greatest is given to covetousness. From the prophet even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Sounds like today. This was written in over 700 years before Christ came to this earth. And verse number 12, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation shall be cast down, saith the Lord. I'm here to tell you, woe to you that are falling. Pray to sin in your life. This is not a popular message on Easter. But I say woe to you that have fallen prey to the abominations of this world. Fallen prey to deceit, to lying, to cheating, to reveling, disharmony, unfaithful, can I just say it today, that have fallen prey, you don't know how you got to the place that you're in, uh, but you know you're in a place that the things that used to cause you to say I'm sorry, now you don't even say you're sorry anymore. The things that used to cause you to blush and to have shame, don't cause shame anymore because you're so accustomed to sin in your life. I say woe to those God, help me if I allow the agenda of this world in Hollywood to, to desensitize my walk with God. God, help us as the church of the living God to not fall prey and stay close to the Word of God. Stay close to His Spirit. 
Isaiah began to say, Woe unto them. Woe unto them for all these things. And woe unto them who have pride. Woe unto them that collect their, 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 their lands and all the things. Woe unto them that justify wickedness. Woe unto them that do this. Woe unto them that draw iniquity, the cords of vanity. But in Isaiah chapter number 6, if you can turn with me there. Verse number 1, Isaiah did something a little bit different. He changed his tune. Somebody say he changed his tune. Come on, poke your neighbor and say he changed his tune. In the year that King Uzziah died, verse number 1, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne. You know what happens when I say woe unto us. Here I'm going to change your mindset just a little bit. Maybe I have saw. Maybe you have begun to recognize there are some things in your life that you need to change. Maybe there's some things in your life you need to make right. But when Isaiah began to write chapter number 6, he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. I saw the abominations. I saw the sickness. I saw the pride. I I saw the vanity, but then I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and I saw his train fill the temple. We need to change our mindset that goes from I see the abominations, and I don't know how to get out of this place, but Isaiah changed his mindset and changed his vision, and he says, and above it to the temple, I saw the seraphims. Each of them had six wings. With two, he covered his face, and two were twain, he covered his feet, and with two wings, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. How can Isaiah say that in the midst of the abominations, in the midst of saying woe unto you and woe unto you. Let me tell you something what he said. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke and when he got a glimpse of Jesus and when he got a glimpse of the power and we got a glimpse the power and the glory of God to move the doorpost of a home to move the foundation of what we have fixed then said I woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips he went and said woe unto you watch it but then he saw Jesus and then he said woe is me here's just where we got to grow we need to get our minds off the sin off the junk because the Lord all you need to do is get a glimpse of him and you go from oh look at that sin and look at that sin but when you see Jesus and the power of his might there's nothing you can do but sing holy holy is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is filled with his glory I know there's sin the sin great abounds but the Lord says his grace does yet much more Abound. He says, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Here's what needs to happen in this last hour that we live in. We need to get a fresh glimpse of the cross. 
You know I was going to get there sooner or later. I say we need to get a fresh glimpse of the cross and the one who died upon that cross and the one who laid down his life for you. He did not die on that cross just to put on a show. It was not the nails that held him to the cross that the whole song says, but it was his love for you that held him to that cross. He could have called down a legion of angels. He could have called down a million angels to come down and knock everybody out but he said no I gotta hang here because of the abominations of this world is great the power of the cross has gotta be great he says Isaiah says woe is me when he saw Jesus here's the thing that when we allow sin to fester in our life we lose sight of Jesus it is the devil's devil's job To get us to the place that we stop seeing the Lord. And if he gets us to stop seeing the Lord, we will stop blushing at sin. And then we will go down the road that we never thought we would go down. I take the story that I preached a few months ago about the the man who had, had a devil in him. He was in caves. Bible says that people would walk by and he would come out of that cave terrorizing people, whipping himself with chains, running through the streets naked. I'm here to tell you today, as a young man, that young man, I'm sure and I am positive that his life in his career building class, that he did not expect, I, my goal is to whip myself with chains, run naked through the streets, and act crazy and be filled with the devil. That was not his plan. But somehow along the way, he began to fall prey to the things of this world and the abominations of this world. And what happened, the world got a hold of him so much that the devil got in his spirit and demons started getting in him and he started acting in ways he never thought he would act. And he would run without blushing through the street. He would run and beat himself and terrorize the community without thinking twice about it. It's what happens when sin gets a hold of our life. We'll do things that we never thought we'd do. We'd act in ways we never thought we'd act. We'll find our homes in a place that we never thought our homes to be. I don't know about you, when we first were married, I always dreamed of the white picket fence. And the wonderful things of marriage and everything is going to go hunky-dory is what I like to have, like to say. But never, everything is going to be hunky-dory. Not everything is going to be peaches and cream and all these, one, everything nice and clean and, and everything is going to go right all the time. But one thing have I desired of the Lord and that's what I'm going to seek after that I may dwell in His house. So my house, I'm going to dwell in His house so my house can be made full. When things of this world get tough and they get taxing, and I know things get tough and decisions have to be made, but I want to tell you, woe unto you that fall prey to the things of this world. I could have allowed the world to destroy my wife and I's marriage. We've been married almost 24 years. The first couple years was the hardest part of our marriage. Things were not great. Oh, I put a smile on my face. 
had a pretty girl on my shoulder. I think I'm a halfway decent guy when we were married. And, and you know, I hope she, she's hanging on to me. I guess it's going okay. But I, I, wasn't, I was selfish when we first got married. I had my own agenda when I first got married. I wanted to play sports. I wanted to do my own thing. I would get off work early to go do what I wanted to do so I could get that done before she came home. It was not seeking first the household of God. There were things that I did. Oh, I went to church. Oh, I did the things that, that I was supposed to do. And I'm not talking about even sin. What I'm talking about, I was doing things that were not necessarily right to keep the household true. Bible teaches us the wages of sin, if continued, brings forth death. But the gift of God, I said the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want you to look past and over your life. There are many in this room that will say, and have proclaimed that I will never do that. Be careful what you say you'll never do. The devil hears you. Huh. I would never do that because that's just not me. Let the spirit of the world get a hold of you. You'll see where he takes you. He'll take you to a place that you no longer blush. Take you to a place that you would never see yourself in. So I say today, woe to you that have fallen prey to temptation. But I have a hope for you today. The song that we sang a little bit ago says, He's alive. I said, He's alive. That's the reason why it's called Resurrection Sunday, it's because He's alive. Do I have a witness in here and say, He's alive? Come on, do I have a witness in here that say, oh, Jesus is alive and well in this house. I mentioned it in prayer just a little bit ago. Blind Bartimaeus was by the roadside. I like to call him Bart. Bart was by the road. And we're going to have a Bart moment here in just a second. It's because Bart knew he had a need. And guess what? Jesus knew he had a need as well. If you believe that or not, you need to understand who Jesus knows. He knows everything. So he knows the need that you have in this room right now. There's no question that Bart's buddies that were next to him also had needs. But they didn't really, really, really want to reach out to Jesus because they didn't know who he really was. But Bart understood Jesus, and he heard the stories of what had been happening around the town. He said, okay, I have a need. Here comes Jesus. What am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? I got this need. Jesus is coming. My buddies are next to me. And I don't, I don't really want to make a scene, but Jesus is coming, and i, and I got to do something. I don't want to stay blind forever because I heard he could heal. I heard he could touch. I heard he could minister. So guess what? I don't care about my friends. I don't care about the crowd. All I care is about my need, touching Jesus. So what did Bart do? He put a little bit of faith on his need, and he reached down to Jesus. And he said, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And his 
his buddies try to quiet him down. Hey, shut up, Bart. There's no need to act that way. But he said, oh, you shut up for a moment. I need to reach out to Jesus. He extended his faith through a vocal act of, of reaching out to Jesus. And what happened? Jesus already knew the need. He was just looking for somebody to call him out in faith. And when that faith and the voice of Bart began to reach out to Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus stopped in his tracks and turned to Bartimaeus. And he said, what do you have need and that I may receive my sight? Let me tell you today, God knows what you need, but he wants you to ask for it. He wants you to reach out to him with faith. He wants to say, I will heal you. Do you want me to heal you? You want your family saved? Do you want your family saved? And I, will, I wish I had a Bart in this place that says, I need Jesus. Woe unto my circumstance, but woe unto me when I see Jesus. Guess what? When Jesus rose from the dead, he bore all the infirmities. He bore all the shame. He bore all the pain and the suffering. tell you what sin is like you know come to a close sin is like an infection that gets in your body and it will slowly destroy you without an antidote if I can use this as an example here today and please forgive me for the personal reference but my mother when she in her body she was so anemic and weak and in a lot of pain and she let it go a little bit and just she toughed it out. But when she got to the doctor, the doctor said she had stage five cancer. She had stage four, stage five, maybe stage four, stage four cancer. So they went to the doctor and the doctor said, we're going to have to take this out immediately, but it doesn't look good. And what the devil tries to do is try to take a little bit at a time and we excuse little things and sicknesses and different things sometimes and say, I got it taken care of. I'm man enough to be okay. And I'm not trying to make light of my mother's faith or anything like that. But what I'm just doing is to, to liken the devil unto sickness. And he tries to tell us that everything is going to be okay and everything is going to be right and everything's going to be fine. And, and, and you don't need to go to the doctor because it'll all work its way out. But what sin does, it begins to fester. It begins to build. It begins from one stage to another stage. And one stage to another stage. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in dire straits. Woe to them that allow sin to linger in the house. Don't let it linger. I said don't let it linger. Because it will eventually take and consume your body, your spirit, and your mind. I'm glad my mother was right with the Lord because when her body could not contain and live any longer, God took her and gave her a new body. I'm thankful for that. But when it comes to sin, it will consume. So I say today, woe unto you that have allowed sin to define your life. Let's stand together right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. 
you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.